Hello and welcome to the Field Guides. I'm Bill and I'm here today with Steve. How you doing Steve? Pretty good. And we are at the Beaver Meadow Audubon Center in North Java, New York. Wait a second. Uh, I thought we were at Rhinestone. <laughs> <laughs> We've been magically transported. <laughs> yeah. A, a little poor planning on my part last time and I joked around about having more than one topic. That was a mistake. <laughs> so this is episode 14. Yes. And if you've been listening in sequence, uh, this is going to be the second episode we're releasing in December of 2016. Yeah. yeah. So Bill did a short episode about starling murmurations for episode 13, and I'll be doing a short episode about ice spikes for episode 14. <laughs> the last episode we did, it was a fall day. But in just a couple of weeks, things have changed dramatically. Oh, I feel like it was just a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so right now we're on a... A woodland trail close to the beaver pond, and there's got to be, what, a good eight inches on the ground? Not enough for snowshoes, but uh, even though the calendar doesn't say it's winter time, it looks like winter time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Steve is going to teach about ice spikes. This is going to be more of a Steve-isode. Yeah, <laughs> like last time was a Bill-isode. <laughs> this one's a Steve-isode. All right. So I had already said that I'll be talking about ice spikes. It's a practical name. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good name. Unfortunately, actually, I do want to say unfortunately, normally you don't say that when you're talking about natural phenomenon, but they need pretty particular conditions to form. They're not very common. Before you start yeah. talking about that, can I say that we saw ice bikes yes. last year? Yes, we did. So we had gone on a hike to Rhinestein Woods where we recorded the last episode. Steve mm -hmm. and I had just gone hiking you know, for fun, and we saw what looked like ice spikes coming out of these frozen puddles, right? Right. They just kind of look like little thorns. Yeah. Now, I looked into this. I only see them at angles. <laughs> just a little <laughs> ice spike, always at an angle. I wanted to know if there was a reason for that. Do they have to form at angles? Uh, I don't know. I, like, I feel like... It's inconclusive. It's inconclusive. And this is a pretty cool phenomenon. And yet, the vast majority of the studies that I was able to find were all talking about ice cube trays and very few of them have been able to really talk about them uh, in nature. So the the research that you found most of their methods involved trying to induce these ice spikes within ice cube trays. It is and yeah. we were lucky enough to come across it last February. Yeah. So now before we begin I really want to say that Water is incredibly important, and I've spent a long time studying water in plant and animal systems, hydrology and wetland ecology, but I know nothing about hydrometeorology or the physics or chemistry to water very well. There's certain things I had to learn. You know enough to know how much you don't know. <laughs> exactly. So I, I was just excited about this topic because we had seen it personally, and uh, I just wanted to kind of give it a shot. I think I've done a pretty decent job because there has been a number of studies on this, and I think they're pretty straightforward. Okay. Especially since they can do them in freezers, they can really isolate certain elements of it and see how they're forming, what's affecting them forming, and whatnot. So the one we saw in February was a spike, but I feel like they could have used a better name. Yeah. I feel like they could have called it an ice needle. And the reason I'm saying that is because it's a great analogy for a needle and a syringe. And I don't want to explain this just yet. Bill may already be connecting the dots in his head, but I like no. to think of it as a needle instead of a spike. Okay. That is a clue <laughs> for how they actually form. All right? So ice spikes aren't only in spike shapes. They actually have a couple other uh, names that people call them. So they have ice candles, ice vases, and ice towers. So ice candles, they look like... Ice candles. <laughs> so long Triangular ice candles. Right. Um, ice vases look like 
ice vases. <laughs> Triangular ice vases, though. <laughs> and, and ice towers, they look like... Ice vases, actually. <laughs> I don't think of any course. of them truly look like a tower. Actually, well, I did see one that kind of looked like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, sort of. But it was, again, triangular. Pyramid-shaped? No, no, no. Like a prism. So think of the base being triangular, mm -hmm. and then it kind of staying triangular oh, as it moves okay. upwards. All right. So it's not a pyramid. It's like a prism standing up. Gotcha. How big are these things? It depends. Right. So, um, but you're never going to see one... Like man-sized. Oh no no no! You won't. You because <laughs> when you say when you say ice tower, you know, <laughs> someone who doesn't know or have perspective may say, "Oh my gosh, these things are as big as people." Yeah, <laughs> which is they would or be taller. <laughs> yeah. So I'll actually I don't want to give it away just yet how big they are. Okay. Because I'm going to give a couple descriptions of how people have described them in the past, right. and, and some of these actually say how big they got theirs to form. So how do they form exactly? Each explanation has a similar theme. And, and it really is the, the fact that water expands when it freezes. To be precise, when liquid water freezes, it expands by like 8 to 9%. So that's pretty big. So you, you take a certain volume of water, uh, and then you freeze it, and suddenly those same number of atoms are now a bit less dense. So imagine we're at a lake, and the water is going to begin to freeze where it's exposed to the cold air on the water surface. And because the ice is less dense than the water, it's going to form on the top instead of sinking to the bottom of the lake. So most liquids, when they turn solid, they're more dense and they, they sink. it would normally That's sink. That's why water is such an amazing... Right, but yeah. I wanted to know, and this is a little off topic, I actually even wrote, to be continued after I said <laughs> that, because I was actually curious if there was any other liquids that actually expanded when they froze. Do you know any? Uh, nope. So I just found a few, but they're elemental. How, how water isn't an element, it's hydrogen and oxygen. <laughs> right. These ones are just the elements. So gallium, silicon, bismuth, antimony, and germanium also expand. Oh, germanium. That was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> was it really? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't know if I jogged your memory. So, no, you didn't. Um, so I really want to see like a gallium ice spike. <laughs> Though I wonder if it's even possible because how I said before that water expands when it freezes by 8 or 9%. Gallium but only really expands by like 3%. It wouldn't be a gallium ice spike. It would just be a gallium, gallium spike. Gallium spike. A solid gallium spike. Okay. But that's what I'm wondering. It doesn't really expand enough, maybe. Yeah. Obviously, these things all have different melting points and, and whatnot, but I, it would be fun to see if people have made gallium spikes <laughs> or antimony spikes or something. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So back, back to how these things form. So the first way, I actually found a 2007 letter in the journal Weather, when water starts freezing, it's going to form from the outside, and it's going to freeze inward. And as the ice is freezing, it's expanding and is putting more and more pressure on the liquid water that's left inside. Okay. And when it does that, this letter in this journal was claiming that um, as this pressure builds up, it cracks the ice, and the water freezes as it comes out. So that's one hypothesis. This letter, it did have some citations, but it wasn't saying oh, the ice cracks and it forms, and then citation. It wasn't doing that, but it cited some things later on. So here's an interesting little bit. Uh, this is a quote. The shape and lean of the tower appears to depend upon the shape of the crack, but round or triangular shapes are the most common. They have been observed to reach 15 to 20 centimeters in length. That's eight inches. That's crazy. That's like yeah. eight, about eight inches. Yeah. That's crazy. Just imagine an eight-inch ice spike. That's huge. So a 2004 uh, study in the Journal of Glaciology published a paper that determined the ice thickness was actually too thin and fragile when the spike starts forming for this to really be a high-pressure phenomenon. Okay. 
So there's no way that it could ever build up that much pressure without the ice just breaking. It was too fragile, too thin and fragile. So, so we're going to move on to the second one. And actually, I think the second one's my favorite. The second hypothesis of how the spike forms, um, and for this I'll be reading a passage from an article titled Due North from the Harbor Creek Historical Society newsletter. So it was written by Harold Kirk in 2007, and it's about this guy, Gene Husserin, and his March 1963 journey from Harbor Creek, Pennsylvania, this is about 90 miles southwest of Buffalo, to a lighthouse at the tip of Long Point, Ontario. Long Point, Ontario. Yeah. So he's walking across Lake Erie. So he's walking across Lake Erie. And I think this thing's, um, I mean, the title of the article is Due North. This guy <laughs> starts in Pennsylvania, and he's like, I'm going I'm the, the straightest route I can. So um, his plan was to walk literally just the straight 32-mile journey. He ended up, he suspects that he went over 50 miles <laughs> because, because he said that these like gigantic snow drifts and ice chunks that he had to walk around. Here's a quote from the letter that, that this is getting to the ice spikes now. This is Kirk talking about Husser in here. He also said that one of the most vivid recollections of that long night was the small pinholes in the ice through which water below was periodically forced under pressure to spout up into the air and freeze. <laughs> the frozen spurts looked to him like telephone poles standing straight up over the lake. <laughs> I'm just imagining, though, because just remember, um, let's say you're in a city or some theme park, and you're walking on those sidewalks where all the kids are playing uh, in, and they have little holes in the ground, and it, yeah. and it shoots water up, and you, everyone's playing in it and having a good time. It's like that, but in the middle of Lake Erie. I think this was cold-induced hallucination. <laughs> but, I mean, th this is this guy's first-hand account of this uh, phenomenon. It seems outrageous. And he's saying that they're like telephone poles, but I highly doubt it. I think he truly does mean, because he doesn't give any type of specification for the size, I really think he means mini telephone <laughs> poles. He must, because I read the, I mean, it's not a really long article, Due North, but um, he doesn't go into further detail with that. <laughs> so, uh, But you're, you're not thinking that the water shoots out and then freezes in midair. So maybe a lake is different from what happens in a freezer or an icebox. Or a puddle. Right, but when it's frozen on top, are you going to really have any type of sage where the water's moving like that? I'm not familiar with how that's possible. <laughs> but so I'll get on to I'll get on to the third way that people thought these things formed. I think it's finally time for the best explanation, the one that both of us are, are pretty aware of. And like I said before, because every paper I read is pretty much talking about ice cube trays instead of natural environments, this is really the best I can do <laughs> because they've they've very closely observed this phenomenon. They know how it happens. So here's the ice tray explanation. So water begins to form on the surfaces that are touching the plastic tray. And the reason that that's the case is because plastic conducts heat away from the water better than the air will conduct heat away from the water. So it's forming around where it's touching the plastic first, and then, um, its way in. And then it starts working its way on the top. So, it, for example, so if you take your ice out of the freezer before it freezes completely through on the top, I believe the ice on the top would be the thinnest near the middle. So you'd imagine yeah. it's thickest near the edges, and it's, and it's slowly encroaching on the middle. So if so, you take it out early, you poke your finger through the middle, and just Yeah, right. right it, it would just it. be really, really fragile. Right. So if it freezes just right, the surface will be completely frozen. <gasps> What's wrong? <laughs> I think it's too cold, and my iPad just, just died. And all your notes. And all my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so I could do this off the top of my head without referring to any notes, but we have, like, our patrons' names and everything. So let's go back up to my car, and I could plug my <laughs> iPad in. And which, what's the best way? This okay, way. let's go this way. So we'll do the all rest right. of the episode standing next yeah, to Yeah, sorry, car. folks. That bad, like, I was just at 10% a second ago. I don't know what happened. Okay. <laughs> and let's try this again. Hey, it's on. We have 7%. Okay. <laughs> 
So now that I got my stuff back, <laughs> so if the top of the water freezes just right, the entire surface will be frozen except a tiny hole. So, so imagine it encroaching towards the center of the ice and keeps getting closer and closer and closer. But instead of completely closing, closing there's a tiny triangular hole in the ice. I tried to find the physics behind why certain crystals form certain ways. Beyond me, <laughs> it, this was that was not my background. But just so you know, uh, ice crystals tend to meet at 60 degree angles for some reason, um, and I mean, a, a, an equilateral triangle, 60 degrees. So you okay. get like this sort of this triangle shape. So Interesting. 60 degrees on, on all angles. So that's probably do with the crystal shape and physics. Yeah, yeah. Now the ice spikes, those do not tend to be triangular. They usually just look like little needles sticking out. But more often, you're going to get the vases or the candles being triangular. They have to be bigger. Yeah, and, and often you'll see those like in bird baths or if you leave your um, your dog's water bowl outside on a, on a night that freezes, that's when that's more likely to happen. Um, but in ice cube trays, it's just a small little well of water. You know, you're not going to get this gigantic, cool-looking vase. It's, uh, All right, so you have the hole, yeah. and what happens? So you have the hole, and uh, and again, so when, when the ice starts freezing, um, it's freezing towards the center, and it's putting more and more pressure on the water. And as it puts pressure on it, there's still that little hole, and water is forced out of that hole in the surface of the ice, and again, it freezes on the outside, and then water keeps getting pushed, pushed up, up, and then frozen again on the outside, and pushed up, frozen on the outside. And the reason that the tip isn't freezing is because the tip water is constantly being exchanged because now you kind of have a straw. You have a straw of ice, being and that up. tip is constantly water that was once inside the ice moving up towards the straw. So it's constantly being switched out and freezing around the edges. Think back to my needle and syringe example that I gave earlier. That was that hint. And that is that, so that, you know, like a needle is a hollow tube and the syringe, when you're squeezing it, that's, that's like the pressure of the ice freezing, pushing the water up through the needle. Good analogy, sir. The spike, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the spike continues to grow until there's no more liquid water inside of the ice cube or if for some reason the tip freezes. And believe it or not, when you had brought up that pyramid thing earlier, that's a thing that actually happens. So what I'm talking about is when the straw is freezing too slowly, the water actually overflows out of the straw it and it forms down. a little volcano. Yeah, okay. And these bumps are actually pretty common on ice. Think about when you look at ice like frozen on a pond or something. Right. It's right. almost never just a flat, flat beautiful surface. mirror surface. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's often pretty bumpy oh, and whatnot. Yeah. So there's a few conditions that make the formation a little bit more likely. To get the best chance of formation, you have to have the temperature cold, but not really too cold. Cold enough to freeze, so about like a 19 degrees Fahrenheit. It's cold enough to freeze, but it's going to freeze slowly, and it'll give it time to, to develop. At 32 degrees Fahrenheit, where it's going to freeze the slowest, that's when you're going to get those volcano Volcanoes. bumps. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And I imagine if it's colder than 19... The chances are higher that that hole at the tip is going to freeze over. Exactly. I'm so glad. Oh, you're such a smart guy. You're putting the pieces together. So, uh, and another thing is that distilled water is much better than tap water. Um, and that's because chemical additives and, and even like metallic salts, those inhibit the formation of ice spikes. Because I think they, they have like a, what's it called, like a crystallation point where it just makes it so the water is more likely to freeze. Right. Alcohols actually promote the formation of ice spikes. So whereas salts make it so they're less likely... Alcohols make it so they're a little more likely. Why? 
I think because it lowers the the freezing point. Uh, okay. I think it has something to do with that. Yeah. yeah. They they don't really get into too big of detail with it. And another thing is is the a breeze over the wetland or a fan in your freezer is actually much more likely to make this happen because it's circulating in the air and you get an increase in evaporative cooling and that does have an effect. And I can't explain it very well, but that does have an effect on, on whether or not these form. And this is crazy. It's also possible for water to get trapped inside the straw and a secondary spike <laughs> forms out of the straw. And this time I think it actually would work through the ice. So if the pressure is great enough and the water is trapped inside the straw, you can have a spike coming off of that Whoa. first spike. <laughs> Naturally, ice spikes, uh, they may be more likely uh, when there are freeze-thaw cycles. They're more likely when uh, snow or ice melt happens during the day and then it freezes at night. So freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw. And so maybe you're getting little pools of water sitting on top of ice. Oh, okay. And apparently, um, sometimes they can form on sleet, like little pellets of sleet. So you could just get like a little bump of sleet, and and as that's freezing, um, it, it can happen. So like I was saying before, this phenomenon is much more likely on small bodies of water, like in bird baths and your and and like drinking bowls for pets, and it's much more rare on lakes and ponds, which makes it so much cooler that we saw it. Yeah, but we saw it in shallow water, right? We did. So yeah. that was at it was Siegelmeyer. Like yeah, just a very shallow wetland there. Yeah, because that would make sense. I was just going to ask you when you you started saying that last bit was. If the ice is forming from the outside in, it would make a lot more sense if it's in a shallow little pool, because then you're going to get pressure from underneath. Right. Well, would you get pressure from underneath as well? That's why I was saying, like, with the freeze-thaw, if, if it's sitting on ice already, yeah. the ice is going to yeah. take energy away from the, the water, water heat quicker energy. than the air would. And, so yeah. that's, and I think that's where that effect would happen the best and that's why i think the freeze thaw is the best chance of that happening wow. that is as far as i can take it i don't know much more about ice spikes well i should correct myself i don't know any more about ice spikes i, I wish i did i think i'm going to look into it more i'm sure we, you know when we release episodes we we release little write-ups of things right. if we found out after the fact if we ever find anything cool about ice spikes we'll definitely post it they're great let us know if you guys have seen ice spikes yeah that'd be pretty cool let right? us know. and i think if, if someone knows more about this please share that information with us because definitely yeah, we'd like to read because in all honesty after doing this research it doesn't really seem like people know very much about this so definitely let us know if you know anything and uh before we finish the podcast i do want to say we did get a two-star review we did i don't mind getting two-star reviews i really don't wait 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 but what i don't like is that oh, like I, I, it would okay. have been nice if they had left a comment with their two-star review because of course we, we don't mind if people don't like the podcast but if there's something you don't like tell just us let what us it know. is maybe we can make it better bill and i have been working on this podcast for over a year now we it's slowly evolving it's changing with how we you know want to do the podcast and how our audience wants to see the podcast done if you want to leave a two-star review yeah okay but please tell us why and even if you don't like the podcast just give us a five-star review and in your <laughs> review tell us what you don't like about it <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but in all seriousness, thank you everyone for the reviews. We did get a lot of reviews in November. It was it was awesome. Yeah, thanks, folks. And again, help us out with that two star review. Yeah. <laughs> Give us some fivers. <laughs> no, seriously, but but we really do like your guys' feedback. Uh, a special thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we want to thank Lee, Kimberly, Dave, Alyssa, Rob, Molly, Scott, and Ken. And if people want to join that list of Patreon supporters, what do they need to do, Steve? They have to go to patreon.com forward slash the field guides. And, you know, everything you guys do for us there, if you if you think you can donate per episode, Bill and I have talked about it, and we only charge once a month, even mm-hmm. though we may put more episodes out in a given month. We're only going to charge the one time. Um, our donors are actually very nice people. I don't know if they know this or not, <laughs> but only one of them had put a stop 
So if we put out one episode, we, we make a certain amount. And then if we put another episode, we make almost the exact same amount. So we could charge twice. Yeah. But really, you know, we told you guys we're, this is a monthly podcast and we're not going to you know, charge do. people more than we said we were going to. Right. And for those folks who don't know, the support through Patreon, that helps us make the podcast better. We can get better recording equipment so the sound quality will be better. And uh, it helps pay for website maintenance. And we'll, uh, we'll donate part of the proceeds to kiva.org yep and and we're specifically uh supporting environmental projects yeah projects in developing countries around the world yeah all right yep and uh so if anyone has any questions comments or episode suggestions you can email us at thefieldguides at gmail.com you can visit our website at thefieldguidespodcast.com or you could like us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash fieldguidespod we're also on instagram at at fieldguidespodcast and you can find us on twitter at fieldguidespod So thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time.